0: Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth Never gonna lie, never gonna lose Always on top, keeping it steady He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready He got the suplex, breaking your back Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz Alright, what's up? Welcome to the Taz Show, hello, yes, hello there Welcome to the show I'm Taz And uh, thank you for downloading this At Apple Podcast Or maybe Radio.com you could have done that on the Radio.com app or the website Or maybe Stitcher, Spotify, or the Google One Wherever you get your uh, freaking podcasts That's where you get Natasha So it's great to uh, talk to you guys a little bit And do a little Taz Hall Got some great, um, great questions from you guys uh, we pulled them brian and stuff like that and uh, we we you know We had the bunch of them and the team of producers that we have uh in the gimmick You know, I, I don't think i've talked to you guys since super showdown happened Uh in Jeddah for wwe, uh So I just wanted to real quick before I get to task i'll talk a little bit about um The main event the last match was goldberg versus the undertaker so Okay, so most of you guys know Undertaker won the match, he defeated Goldberg uh, Now, there was a lot of chatter about the match You know, because it, you know, it's two guys that are not in their prime They're past their prime, and they're, they're not young pups And um, a lot of people felt the match just wasn't good And yada yada, and all this kind of jazz uh, Okay, a couple things, right? What makes a match good? No matter if it's two men, two women, no matter how old they are, um, the number one thing, the number one thing, you need to have two people or a tag team, but in this case, we're talking about a singles match. Two people to have a good match is chemistry. That's the key. You have to have chemistry, physical chemistry, and be on the same page from a technical standpoint, okay, as far as the logistics of putting a match together and not that, that i won't pull the curtain back all the way on you there's plenty of spots on the internet that could teach you that and it's not gonna be me so anyway um the chemistry between these two men taker and goldberg you know both guys have had excellent careers and and both guys uh you know major league names for a lot of years and and then they you know it, that doesn't mean they're gonna have chemistry together and these two men did not have chemistry together uh quite frankly I, in my professional opinion, even if they were in their prime, both of them, I still don't think the match would have been great. I don't. I just don't think it it gels. And here's for the actual match. Look, first off, I applaud both these guys at, at their age to, to get in the ring and to go far away from home to a whole nother country, really far away and put that amount of uh, travel in to go and, and, and try to have a good match. And they, and these guys did that, and it, it. But they didn't have a good match, but they they gave their best effort. Uh, it's just like um, it's just like a, a sports team, like a mainstream sports. You can get pissed off at your favorite baseball team or football team when they lose, or, or you know guys are making mistakes or guys are making errors or your favorite wide receiver keeps you know he's missing throws that are right in his belly and he's missed them and guys are picking them off or your favorite quarterback is throwing interceptions. Listen none of these men or athletes not just men but none of these pro athletes are trying to do that i know that sounds like all right thanks captain obvious but no it's something that needs to be pointed out goldberg and undertaker wanted to have a really good match they they, they're both successful guys and they understand about putting pressure on themselves uh, individually along with the match so you know they wanted to have a good match they probably got a healthy payday each and you know there was a, a plethora of people there, and, and, and the things streaming on the WWE Network, the Super Showdown, and all this jazz, and, you know, they wanted to have a great match. Um, it didn't happen. Okay, now, why didn't it happen? Why well, I mentioned the chemistry thing, no matter what their age was. In this particular situation, besides chemistry, in this particular situation, it was exhaustion. So what am I talking about? They both were blown up. Okay, both guys were blown up And one guy was blown up more than the other And that's Goldberg, he was just blown a little bit more So what does blown up mean? This, I'll pull the curtain back for you Most of you might not know what that means It just means they're tired It's an inside term that for many, many years Wrestlers use You know, and I don't normally do this But I'm just, just you know I, I mean, I'm going to sit here and say they're tired They were blown, so they're blown, they're blown up They blew up, any, any way you want to put it The English language, that's what it means So Okay, both guys are blown Goldberg seemed a little bit more blown than Undertaker Now, that's not the biggest issue Okay, the spots that were messed up and botched Or whatever you guys want to call it I know people love the botch word for a lot of years Why does that happen? Okay, the main reason that usually happens Is because one guy or both are blown up Because what happens is when you get blown up I've been blown up, and and you know during a match, and I could tell you from experience, and more than once, like especially middle or early to my career, um, I, it's a horrible feeling, like a physically, like it's it's just you can't explain it. You just anybody who, who's listening to me right now who exercises, maybe you run, maybe you're on a pre-core or a treadmill, or maybe you put any kind of cardio in, or maybe you walk outside or on a track or wherever. And you try to get your ten thousand steps in and all that shit, and you walk briskly, let's say, you know you feel your heart rate going, or you're doing steps you know like for cardio, or maybe you used to be an athlete. you understand what it's like to be gassed out of breath, blown up, okay it's not a fun feeling it's especially not a fun feeling when you're blown up and you're half naked on worldwide the TV streaming on the internet in front of like whatever that was there, twenty thousand people or why i don't remember the house uh, in jeddah but Point is, you, that makes it even worse, okay? And you get paid. So you, you don't want to be blown up. So the thing that happens when you're blown up, the first thing that goes when you get that tired and you're gassed is your mind. So what does that mean? Okay, what that means is when you are so tired and you can't, you're gassed or blown, you can't think straight. So what happens is you're trying to remember maybe a high spot or what you want to do or what works psychology-wise while you're fucking blown up. You're trying to remember maybe a spot you discussed with your opponent um, or something you know you want to do, and now you're thinking too much, you're stressed. So what does stress do? Stress will bring your blood pressure up. Stress will bring your heart rate up. Now you're already blown. That all mixes into the fact, besides the other element, that it was about a hundred fucking degrees, all humidity, in that outdoor stadium they were in, um, and the announcers did a good job explaining how uncomfortable of, of conditions it was, and you could tell the town how much they were, how much sweat was going on, and that, that it was hot there, and and you know you're not these men and women, well they're, they're not used to working, in, you know, outdoors in that kind of heat. You're used to working in seventy degrees in an arena that's controlled by you know a gigantic AC unit, so. You know, when you go outside now, and now there's a whole different time zone, it's fucking—that changes things. Am I making excuses for undertaking Goldberg? No, I'm actually not. I'm telling you facts of why this match wasn't good. It it was because— of exhaustion and you know because They were tired now you say well They shouldn't put two guys that are whatever let's just Say 50 years old They're, I don't know how I don't know their exact ages but they got to be in my Age range I'm 51 so You you, you figure alright well Tash, shit, You wouldn't put two guys in the ring In the main event um that are that age You know and and You know well you know what I, I understand that I agree um I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put them in the ring in the main event But if I was gonna put them in the main event And have them fly across the world to be in that main event And I was gonna Put them outdoors and I know how fucking hot It is cause every match that Comes back through the curtain or the referees They're telling Whoever is in the grill position man it's fucking Hot out there like hot it's humid I can't breathe Then you got to go to the main event, which in this case, all the two older guys that Undertaker and Goldberg and say, hey, guys, look at a lot of the boys are saying it's really bad out there. And, and, you know, you, you know, you guys have not been working. You guys are not in your prime and you guys are not in not wrestling all the time. And now you're jet lagged. And now it's 100 fucking degrees. Whatever. Let's budget this match. We had it budgeted for hypothetically, whatever it was, 15 minutes. Let, let's budget it to to nine minutes. Let's bring it down. Let's do something else. Maybe let's add a promo Let's add lib, you know, let's change right now in the locker room on the fly like creatively my point is They also went too long. Okay, so you got two men that are Not working all the time. So right there that's gonna affect your ring shape Okay, your cardio and it's hot and they flew across the world and you know they i i, I memory search, but i don't think they ever worked before i don't think that's how that was the cell job on i could be wrong on that but i think i'm right so you know you got you know all these horrible things connecting together why would anybody think it's going to be a great match you see what i'm saying like i don't understand like why it, nothing's going to add up you you, you know they should someone should have either called an audible backstage and maybe this happened at the end of the day, Undertaker has enough respect and credibility that he could budget his match and have it as long or short as he wants it to be, and he's earned that. And Goldberg, I mean, you know, God dang, they just put him in the Hall of Fame, and he's been you know in the business a long time, and all his success in WCW and all that. I mean, um, geez, if these guys, let's just say, want now, maybe, maybe, maybe someone did say, let's not go. I, I, I don't know how long the match was, but it, it, it felt. And when a match is not going well, it feels longer. Not just watching it, but when you're in it wrestling, it really feels long I'm just telling you all of these elements that I just laid out for you In no particular order or why that match Didn't go well. It wasn't just because these guys are older. That's not the re that's not the only reason It's the other things I just said the number one thing is that they were blown Okay, that's it. You would say well, that's because they're older. No, it's partially it They're not working all the time, and that's the other thing. You could do all the cardio you want. You could—I've talked about this in the past on the Tash show. You could run, do road work, go on an elliptical machine, go on old school stairmasters, go on a stationary bike, go on one of those computerized bikes that makes you fucking drive through France or some shit like that. You—you—you know—and you could do treadmill wazoo up and down. It don't matter. You could even wrestle every night in a dojo and train okay it's still different than wrestling in front of a live house it changes everything everything changes everything changes so the men and women that do this all the time on a full-time basis that are in their prime okay they build a clock in their body that a they know how long or short the match could be b they normally never get blown because they're in prime rim rib, rib uh, ring shape i should say um and uh and 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 the other main thing is they know how to control their mind because they do it every night okay i know that it's because i did it you know if i got in a ring now and had to do something i'd be blown too you know it's not just because i'm not in the shape i used to be i mean i'm not in a horrendous shape but i'm not in the shape i used to be but no matter what kind of shape I, look for example goldberg he looked great Guy's wearing his trunk's like, you know, the guy fucking looked great I'm like, geez, this guy looks almost just like he did in his prime You know, I think Undertaker looks pretty good too But, so it was like these guys were grossly overweight or underweight You could see they both are still hitting the weight room And and training and eating healthy It was pretty evident when you look at their bodies You know, it really it was, I mean, come on, let's be honest (laughs) But nothing, nothing is the same cardio wise as wrestling night in and night out in front of a live audience. There's nothing like it. The next best thing to that is getting in a dojo, getting in a ring and wrestling a 15, 20 minute match, 10 minute match every night or every day, wherever you're training. That that comes close, but your adrenaline flows higher when there's people in the building. In a dojo, a gym or a training center, your adrenaline's not going to fly as high. So you're not going to build your blood pressure not going to raise You're you're not going to build up a lactic acid in in your muscle tissue Uh, which causes fatigue and cause and the stress builds that too I'm telling you guys. I know it sounds like crazy shit. I'm telling you but all of these elements that i'm hitting you with here for the past Whatever it is 15 minutes like These are all like legitimate things that most people don't talk about that have experienced wrestling now if someone is doing a show, a podcast, or a YouTube show, whatever, and they're from the wrestling business but don't have experience wrestling on a full-time basis, they have no idea about what I just told you. They might have heard it. They might could talk about it, but they haven't lived it. When you get in the ring and you live this, so all the guys that do successful podcasts uh, like uh, Steve Austin or Colt Cabana or Chris Jericho – uh, and i'm probably missing a handful of other guys obviously you know shane douglas you know these guys have lived what i'm telling you So if they're telling you about this and i promise you <laughs> They would echo what i'm telling you if someone asked them this is these are all true things your mind controls You blowing up at times also wrestling all the time in front of people So again i'm just want i want you guys to know go easy on taker and goldberg um you know, it it it, it and take it. You could see at the end of the match. You know, when he won because uh, they had a, a, a total screw up. I think it was supposed to be the tombstone where look. And I'm not looking at it now. I think Goldberg went for a tombstone. Uh, you know, he was supposed to reverse it. I don't think it was going to reverse it, or vice versa. I might have screwed that up. But you know what I'm saying. And then Goldberg kind of stumbled and fell, and then I think they went into it just a short choke slam. One, two, three. The match is over. Um, you know, uh, it, it's. And you could tell that Undertaker was upset at the end of the match. He, just by the way, he was sitting there after he was victorious and his music was playing. He was not happy. And, you know, it happens. I, You know, I, I I don't know what happened backstage. I wasn't there. But I'm just saying, like, shit happens during the match. I mean, shit happens. I mean, it's just. And when you're not working all the time and you're not in your prime, I'm telling you right now, it, it changes things. Things change uh, because your body and your mind is not the way it's supposed to be because you're not working on a full-time basis and my thing in closing on this i would have had this match been a lot shorter um i feel it would just it i just think it was whoever did the budgeting on the time for the match and uh you know usually what happens is you go to the, the guys in the match especially if they're veterans like these two guys and you say hey what do you think we're thinking of doing 10 minutes for you guys are doing 17 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes whatever the, the time is you know and then usually the talent would say okay well no i think it might be the winning things we're probably f- fixing to doing here might be better to do you know 12 minutes might be better to do whatever you get to drift so you know i don't know those, those are all private conversations that's none of my business and i've been a part of as an announcer and of course obviously as a wrestler um so that that's all a big part of it too the budgeting of the time i do think that this again i don't know the the running time or how long the match was i just feel like it was too long um and that's where it's like when you book the match or if you if takers or goldberg is like no no no, we we want you know we want to go longer we you know that's it we want to go we want to go longer than you guys are saying or yada yada You know, someone's got to put their foot down. I'm just saying this is hypothetics. This is, I don't know this for a fact. Someone's got to put their foot down in power and say, no, no, that's, no, we can't do that because of, you know, you guys haven't been working and, you know, you're going to blow up and blah, 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 blah. This term blow up is a term that she's constantly backstage. So like for years In, in all, in all all wrestling companies you know what i mean so this is not like you know th- this is a common thing that's been around for a lot of years since i broke into business and that's like 30 something years ago so um you know look at, at the end of the day it's to go in and put a match on in front of people uh and no matter how many people are there is a tough thing to do that's the first thing and to be in this spot here in this big main event spot like 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 you know like these two men were they're both main eventers I get it But it's it's not it's not easy It's it's just not an easy task And especially when You're not used to going all the time And then you know The blood to Goldberg I believe he got hard weighed I think it was hard I don't think he I don't think he Juiced himself I think it was a hard way I don't know I mean you, you guys read the Dirt sheets more than me and I'm sure someone Stooged off what happened I, I really don't know But um it looked like he hit the post with his head I believe that's what I think he missed like a, a shoulder Into the corner if memory serves me And it looked like his uh, I think he it, you know, He Whipped Taker into the corner And then he charged the corner And it looked like his head grazed The side of his head grazed the post I think that's what happened Because he, he was bleeding from a very odd spot on his head And it was instant blood So that's how you know. He, just to give you a little tip You could tell a guy's hard weight So that too Will also race your adrenaline a little bit That'll get you going once you realize That you just got hard weighed And you don't know and I've done this I've been hard weighed where that means You know you, you you get busted open Without trying to bust open <laughs> And I I, um, You know it's happened to me More than one time And it, it's a stressful thing And the reason why it's stressful Is because you don't know how bad it is No matter how tough you may think you are No matter how you're a big bad pro wrestler All this bullshit Last thing you want is half your brain hanging out of your head while you're working. So I would say to guys I'm working with, you know, how bad is it? You know, and and then, you you know, it's you trust your opponent to give you a heads up. What a ref. You know, how bad is it? And, you know, I've had refs say, yeah, you're looking at 10 stitches. You know, (laughs) like in the middle of a match. You know what I mean? So then then I'm fine. I'm good. I'll keep going. You know what I mean? So it's it's most guys would keep going. You just want to know a lot of times because you can't see it. You don't know. You know what I mean? So. Anyway, uh, so that's the deal Look, at the end of the day uh, Does this tarnish both of these men Legacy, Taker and Goldberg? No They've had great careers And great legacy And they've given people great moments as wrestling fans And now I'm going to give you guys A great moment You know what that is It's a little water break I need some water, hang on If you're new to the Taz show (laughs) It's a regular gimmick we do here Excuse me. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Yeah. Mizu Jones. Sometimes I say Mizu because that's water in Japanese. So I find myself that I have to say that. I don't know why. But it just happens. It's odd. I know. But it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? All right. On that note, uh, we're going to go to break. I'll start a break. We'll get into some awesome Taz Hall questions. Sit tight. This is the Taz Show, Jobbers. be right back. We're back. Here we go. All right. Continue with the Taz Show here. We will now go into these Taz Halls, which is something that I love to do. Uh, It's become a staple, as the cliche goes, of the Taz Show. Interaction Jones without live phone lines. And this is how I'm bringing the wood. On the constant content that I provide you people. Okay. Okay. So that's the deal. So we're going to do Taz Hall and we're going to do the Taz Hall uh, in a three, two, three, two, one. Individuals and Pete Gass, it is now time for the Taz Hall. Let your voice be heard. Well, that's the world famous Bawami, if you're new to the show. Yes. No relation to Pete. Uh, you know, Pete the Body of Taz and the Moose, the board operator. And why are we giving shout-outs to Pete Gass still? I mean, really. I- I'm not even sure if he's, a, if he's a Taz Show supporter. Pete Gass and the Mean Street Posse. I think i got to talk to uh, Pete the Body to talk to Bawami to do an edit. Change that up. I mean, I like Pete Gass. He listens to me and Moose every morning on CBS Sports Radio. But I don't know. He never puts over the Taz Show. I don't see shit. I put the guy over on here bullshit all right anyway all right, here we go all right so uh again you could send these questions whenever you see something spuck you should follow me on instagram at taz talk t-a-z-t-a-l-k-t-a-l-k taz talk and that's where um we sporadically this throw up well not vomit you get my drift throw up like fling up fly up <laughs> Questions. I mean not questions like the we're gonna record Taz Hall type thing. So all right, here we go. First one. Uh P underscore Loria forty five. Uh hey Taz, curious of your thoughts on Lacey Evans in ring performance since being brought up to the main roster. Thanks. All right. Sounds good, Lauria. Uh what's up, dude? So yeah. Listen I I like her I think she's Really talented I do and I think She's she's gonna be uh, She's gonna be a big star like you Could see they like her they're pushing her and they Should push her she's very good at her Gimmick with this uh, throwback Southern belle type of uh, dealio Here and it works Uh, She's very pretty girl she's in great shape Um, She's Strong a physically strong woman Like she's you know I mean she doesn't look like A frail girl like she looks like she could Whoop somebody's ass um, and she she balances her character with her her physical presence very well, you know. So she's got that locked down pretty pretty good. Now, the thing is though, like I I do feel that they had a match. It was her and Charlotte. I think it was it wasn't this past Monday Night Raw. I think it was last week, if memory serves me. And you know, I know there was a lot of scuttlebutt about it, and it was like, well, what what a it was it like a what are they like doing a work shoot and stuff like that and and i watched the match i saw the match and it's like they were it looked like they were calling some stuff in the ring i i don't i don't know why they were doing this especially on live tv especially if Lacey doesn't have that a ton of experience you know like not that she's she's not like a you know she don't have the experience charlotte does if if i if i understand i don't know i'm not looking at their uh at their, you know, when they broke in, but Charlotte's been working longer, and and Charlotte came up in the business. So it's a little bit different. I mean, I I think if you're going to do any kind of a work shoot, you got to be careful with that because you got to. It's got to be two guys or two girls that know what they're doing to pull that off the right way. And it just it got it was a little a little clunky. It was a little strange what they did, and I think that started getting people thinking about her about Lacey's in ring work. Which I think is a little unfair, to be honest, because um, I do think you know if you've seen her stuff that she has done, Lacey, you know in uh, you know in NXT and stuff like that on on her come up, you know, she's a very talented, very really talented girl. So I don't have a big problem with her in ring work. Uh, it has looked a little different on the main roster, and there's different pressures on the main roster. You you have tighter time restraints on the main roster uh i i'm pretty sure you have a little less creative freedom physically in the ring um on nxt it's a little i don't say easier but you have more freedom so that that makes you you know freed up to kind of work your style where when you are pressured on the time which i've been in this role in you know on raw and smackdown as a wrestler it's tough. I mean, it's tough when I was able to have any amount of real estate or little amount of real estate I wanted in an ECW. And I knew it would be an adjustment, and it's an adjustment for anybody. And some guys or girls do a great job on the adjustments some don't. I do think that let's give her a little more time here. I think Lacey's going to be a big star. I do. Uh, I'm a fan of her gimmick, I'm a fan of her style, I'm a fan of her whole look. And, you know, I, so I do think give it time, Paul. I think she will. Uh, once they have, they believe in her a little more. Uh, what did they do? Attack on Raw. They did a tag match. with Alexa Bliss and her and Lacey. Oh, they beat um, Becky Lynch. That's right, Becky Lynch and, and Bailey. That the Smack the Smackdown Women's champ and the Raw Women's Champ. So, you know, I, I I would give it a little little time. Give her a little time in there, and and just let let it evolve. Let the company believe in her more. Where then she could kind of, you know Work her own physical style the way she wants Maybe she gets more time It's the only thing I can tell you I mean, as far as the look I mean, no one could tell me that this girl doesn't look like a star I mean, the way she dresses, the way she carries herself Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the split screen they did on Raw with her and Becky It looked very, like, old school WWF That you saw, like, um, during, like, the Monday Night Wars Maybe some people like that I wasn't a huge fan of that I didn't hate it um, it was like Michael Cole just asked one question from the announce desk And then Becky and um, Lacey kind of just verbally went at it But she did a great job There too and Becky's gonna do great you know that But Lacey she looked great she pl- pulled it off Great um, she could talk She can talk and, and she's physical So I, I do think her upside is great So good question Paul appreciate that Paul Laurie 45 P underscore Laurier 45 who else we got here We got hold on a second we got uh so fresh 14 how hard was it to step away from Coaching your son in sports uh, How do you know when it's time to Step away Wow, non-wrestling question but That's cool I will answer this question It's funny you ask this because like I remember years ago When my son was younger I was coaching him uh, when he was playing little league Baseball and he was playing football and then he segued out of baseball into lacrosse So I knew when he Was like I don't know geez Maybe it was like uh, gosh Fourth grade, third or fourth grade, believe it or not Third grade probably I, Because he played all sports I knew he was going to be a good athlete I could just tell by the, his balance The way he moved He was involved with, uh, with Well, he was involved with a, with a jiu-jitsu class And be, before the whole It was called like craziness MMA, MMA It was the beginnings of that Where you, now any way you take two steps There's an MMA dojo somewhere A mixed martial arts dojo Or a Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo um, I got him involved with that at a young age, um, you know, and and he did really well. And I could tell how athletic he was just from his mat work. And then he wrestled a little bit in kid res- youth wrestling, um, and then he broke away from that and obviously put all his attention into lacrosse. You know, um, you know, into college and stuff. But the thing to answer your question, so I told my wife years ago when he was like, "Sheesh!" Once I started coaching him like little league in the football. Uh, like I said, maybe fourth grade and I said to her, you know what once He gets ready once he's like eighth grade or maybe even seventh grade I don't want to be coaching him anymore. I don't he's gonna stand on his own or he's not meaning that I only started coaching them and I suggest there's any dad or mom out there because if you're in a town where And most towns have it where the moms or dads are the coaches and they have an agenda to help their their kid it's political and their friends to make all star teams and all that. I saw this right away and I'm like, yo, I'm not letting this shit go down when my kid's gonna be just another victim here. So <laughs> I don't wanna coach. I don't have time to coach, but I'm gonna do it. And I was in WWE at this time and, you know, on the road all the time. And I, I, uh, why well, was it? I was in announcing at this time. So I had my schedule was a little freer, but I was flying all over the place. So I knew early on I wasn't gonna coach him long time because I don't believe in that. I believe once a kid gets to that, right before high school age that middle school age he he should be a good enough athlete he or she to stand on their own where even if it might say stand on their own that doesn't mean i need to help him that means stand on his own so if there's a shitty coach that's politically driven he can't shy away from playing your kid that's what i mean and and uh, uh, we were blessed and our son worked hard enough when he was younger that He you know once he got into that seventh eighth grade age He was a you know a really good player and a real you know really good lacrosse player and no matter who the coaches were No matter what on the club teams and all this shit that he was involved with and we spent tons of time and money and traveling and because he was uh, Getting recruited at such a young age um, It didn't matter who the coaches were It didn't we didn't care because you know he had a reputation of the player He was and again i'm i'm a proud dad and i'm bragging i know but i'm being also being honest so what I'm saying to you, also a fresh 14, you I knew to step away. I knew I was gonna step away before I even had to step away. Because I wanted to wait till he got to a certain age. So I ended up stepping away once he was in sixth grade. That's when I just you know, he, he already got away from when he wasn't playing baseball. That's what more the politics were. <laughs> and he was he was still playing football and he started playing lacrosse. I didn't know much about lacrosse, so I wasn't gonna even try and attempt. Coaching with lacrosse, I wanted him to be around good coaching, so I made sure my wife and I that we got great training for him. Once he made that that transition from baseball to lacrosse, they're both spring sports, and then uh, it worked out. You know, he became uh, he had a great you know uh, middle school career and into high school and stuff like that. So, but yeah, good question. And for those that just want to hear wrestling stuff, uh, sorry uh, that this was a good question. But also Fresh 14. What else we got here? We got uh Pam Pam Brosso how involved were you in the the taking back of the ECW title from Mike Awesome when he left for WCW any input on the booking/angle uh yeah um kind of like as far as the booking like the 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 match itself no that was not my idea and I've talked about this a lot in the past but I'll just bring it up again so no i i I got um i heard from wwe when on one of my off days when i was home i was actually at the mall with my wife and my son who was in a stroller at that time (laughs) he was little and it was downtime which i wasn't home much then and i because i just kind of started with wwe maybe i don't know what the hell it was a couple of months but they get they got me going right away once uh, january 2000 hit i was i was full time um and so I got a call, and 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 Vince is one of those people on the phone, Vince McMahon, and um, in, in the conversation, it's just I had, you know, they just needed a um, – Paul, was they needed help because the story I was told, Mike Awesome, um, they were worried he was going to go on Nitro and throw the belt in a garbage can and all this kind of stuff. So they, he already now signs with WCW. Meanwhile, he's the ECW champion. So – Okay, so they needed my help to come It made sense to shock everybody At some house show in Indianapolis An ECW house show uh, Like I said in the past, I wasn't exactly crazy About doing this, I wasn't into it I knew I was going to win, they told me that right away But um, I didn't care about that I, You know, I, I, I um, Well, obviously if I were going to go there and lose I, I probably would have said no And just took the ramifications or the heat because I wasn't going to go as a WWE guy and then go and lose to a WCW guy on an ECW show That would have been stupid of me, but no that was never on the table It was always You know, uh, you're gonna win the title and blah 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 and I said, yeah, I i'm not crazy about this How long am I gonna keep it because I, I want to get rolling my WWE career here And 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 vince knew that, you know, and and they're like no 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 not long at all It's gonna be a week Okay, and you go back to ECW Arena and then drop it, blah blah blah. And I said, okay. Um, so that part, that's what I was involved. In. Now, when I got once, because I said, well, what are we gonna do for a finish? And and I was told from WWE, work it out. Well, once you get to the building with Heyman um, they'll they'll, they'll take care of it. And that we're doing them a favor, meaning the us as WWE, and it'll be fine. Just work it out with Paul. Okay, so you know. I don't remember when I I contacted Paul. He might have contacted me before Indianapolis. And, you know, uh, I I, I just said, look, I I don't really think this needs to be a long match. He goes, no, I don't either. Um, He goes, but, you know, just you got to somehow work something out with Mike Awesome. But I could tell it was heat with Mike Awesome and ECW and Paul and the guys before I even got to Indy. So then once I got to Indy and, and the show was going on They kind of snuck me in there backstage And I, I you know um, Mike also, I'm looking and He's not at the building They're like, well, you got to go to the hotel that he's at To go, but he's got the security guy From WCW with him And Doug Dillinger, he his name was And and some Indianapolis police officers I'm like, All righty. So now I got to go They get me over to the To go over to match with him at the fucking hotel Cause the boys didn't want him in the locker room so everybody was shocked to see me no one knew I was coming so when I saw all these other guys everybody remember was pretty cool to me uh it was like wow holy oh shit what are you doing here like and then they kind of connected dots and then I, I was only backstage for a few minutes there and then I went over to the hotel and when I talked to Mike Awesome you know he was cool with me and I was cool with him and we both kind of like you know I didn't want to be there and he didn't want to be there you know, uh, but you know, I had to take care of business, and he had to take care of business. And and he was, he was a pro. Like he, he, you know, we both right away said we don't think the match should be long, and 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 he was on the same page as me. And um, you know, that was we, we just wanted to be back and forth, and be physical, and 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 uh, make it exciting, and make it worked out, and and I, and I think the amount of time of it was great course, it wasn't like, you know, and, and like I said, I was, you know, and everybody runs with the sentence but I said it years ago. I mean, it was the first time ever, and it'll never happen again, where a WCW contracted wrestler wrestles a WWE contracted wrestler at a official ECW sanctioned event for the ECW World Championship or a world championship. So, you know, we're both on the contract of two different companies, right? So that'll never happen again. And it was it was a history making moment. Um and so that, as far as uh, to answer your question, uh, Pam Rosso, I that's how my involvement was, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was really it. So, But good question, and I appreciate it. Uh, what else we got here? Gorgonoth underscore Sorg. God, come on, man. I mean, you got a name like that, brother. What are we doing here? Gorgoroth. Gorgo Roth underscore song (laughs) You are a mark (laughs) Okay Uh, Do you think WWE is kind of letting a huge chance uh, Letting a huge chance by Not putting the club together Uh, A.K.A. Styles, Gallows, Anderson, and Balor (laughs) Excuse me (laughs) I know, he goes I know there's a match in Japan happening with Gallows anderson styles and triple h but why would triple h put himself uh and not balor okay good question so uh a couple things okay aj styles has gotten a great push and well-deserved in wwe so he's became a huge star there in wwe and i don't I don't think putting that whole club together with the and by the way Balor too has become a big star there you know Ballard you know and that was great seeing him by the way at the uh, Super Showdown do the the the, uh, the Demon Finn Balor gimmick but anyway I don't know why they don't do that more but um, and the announcers did a good job explaining why he's the demon for those that didn't realize sometimes he turns into a demon like his dark side um okay so Anderson Gallows yeah not much is going on with them. I mean, they're not doing much with them. One of those guys, and I love both those guys. One of them tweeted, I think, uh, earlier today, "Yes, we are still employed." Something like that it was pretty funny. So, um, yeah, I, that's that's a missed opportunity pushing those, not pushing those two guys. They're both talented, and they're both great guys, and they're true pros. You know what I mean? I, I, my first instinct is, well, why wouldn't they put? Why would? Why wouldn't Baller be in there instead of Hunter? I think right away with Balor, you know, now it's just my first gut. Again, I don't know what the inside dirt sheets are saying, and I don't care. Would be now you're completely bringing the whole, you know, bullet club thing to light with all of these, you know, with these four cats. That's why I would think that. Knowing Triple H, right, maybe what he's doing Maybe he's putting himself in there Just because Just like you know because he took a shot at the AEW guys and and the whole Too sweet thing and all That stuff that they kind of copied his Thing at the hall Of fame so it might just be a Way for him to rib or take A shot um, You know uh, at at Those guys that could be what Hunter's doing I don't know Um, It could be I don't know but i you know i about Anderson and gallows i really i wish they were getting pushed. I wish they were doing something with those guys because um I do think you know I do think they're really talented, and I do think that you know hopefully they they could keep those guys in the company because you know they they're you know they're they're talented and they could go someplace else and make some noise I mean they're that good and they're over that much um they're like game ready, like, you, even though they cooled them guys off, you could just throw them back in there and get them cranking, and it'll be you know fine and dandy. So, you know, at the end of the month, when they go to Tokyo, uh, and they're working, I think it's Cork and Hall no, no, Sumo, Sumo Hall that's what it is. not Corken Hall, Sumo. Hall. I was reading this the other day, you know. Um, I, I, they're gonna get an insane reaction. They really are. Um, meaning gals and Anderson It's going to be a, you know it's going to be a huge huge reaction. Um, and they're working with heels, heels, heels. They're working with Corbin. They're working with McIntyre and uh, Lashley, I believe, right? And Joe. So you know, so I mean, yeah, you could put Balor in this thing here for sure. But I don't have a huge problem with Hunter being in it. I really don't. Um, like I said, I think maybe it's just him. Some way he's taking a shot at those other guys. Could be, could be. You know what I mean? Definitely could be. I don't know. You know, um, it's interesting. It's definitely a pretty good, uh, pretty good topic, and, uh, and it's a good question by you. So, I appreciate that, uh, man with a crazy Instagram name. Okay. All right. What else we got here? Whoa, la 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 la. Bison unbranded. What was a typical day at Gleason's like when you were breaking in, training, comma office, comma classmates, etc. <laughs> okay um, Here's the deal right so it, It's a good question no one's ever asked me this When I First broke in with Johnny Rods Like with The small crew that broke in when I broke in We were not at Gleason's gym that's a, Some people think that's it all started There that's not how it was for me My first days uh, Weeks and months as a pro wrestler Was not at Gleason's gym It was at a fucking shitbox little storefront that was just horrific um you know in in the hood in south brooklyn um that johnny rods ran and and we weren't there long it was like had it was like it was a box, dude like i'm talking about it was just like a it looked like he just put a ring in like some beat-up storefront that had no furniture it had running water there was nothing. It was just white walls and sheetrock falling. It was the shits. And we were there. It was me, <clears throat> it was Damien Demento, which is Mondo Clean back in the day. Big Dick Dudley, God rest his soul. Alex Rizzo, a very close friend of mine. Um, a guy named bialo the Giant had a little more time on us. Ted Petty, God rest his soul, the cheetah kid who was you know, from the public enemy and ECW, uh Flyboy Rock Rock. He was a veteran at that time. He would help Johnny a little bit with us. Um, but he lived in Jersey, but he would still come and train. Anyway, that's kind of the crew that we were we were with, uh, and the Power Twins, these two tall twin brothers, right? That really didn't do much after that. And then we were at that school for I don't shit, I don't remember it was a long time ago. It had to be just a couple of months, maybe a month and a half. Then we moved to uh, a spot Still in Brooklyn, um, upstairs, like the second floor of a storefront, uh with a big glass window right against one side of the ring with the ropes. I talked about this, like, and it was right by the train trestle. Like it was right there. You look at the window, right by the train, and it was right. You know, so if you hit the ropes too hard, like that section of the ring, you couldn't hit the ropes hard because you'd break the window or go through the window and fall like full story onto the cement. That's no bullshit. That's where Mick Foley first came into the school He trained under Dominic Nucci in Pittsburgh And then he came in Because he was trying to get booked because Johnny Rogers was Booking shows so when Mick came in I told the story And I talked to Mick about it on the air on a podcast Of mine years ago right it was pretty funny We still laugh about it uh, And Mick worked with a bunch of the boys in the, in the school Including me and and because Johnny wanted to see How good he was and he was good man You knew right away he was good And and Johnny When he left Johnny felt like ah you know, problem with that guy, he stomps with his left foot, like when he kicks a guy when he's down, stomps, and not his right foot, like that. To Johnny was like he that that's going to hurt Mick Foley, and this was before he was Cactus Jack. This is before he was Mick Foley. You know, before he was a star. You know, uh, but anyway, it was in that building. Now, to long question, long long winded Jones here. <clears throat> once he brought the the gimmick to Gleason's. He was getting more students And Gleason's gym For those that don't know Is uh, in Brooklyn near Chambers Street Right near like uh, uh, Right near the Manhattan Bridge uh, So right basically that part of Brooklyn Not far from the Barclays Center You know very close to the Barclays, like Six miles from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn So Gleason's gym for those that don't know Is a world famous for decades Boxing gym When you go in Gleason's gym It looks just like you would think Old, it's upstairs Old, smelly, big uh smells like a boxing gym tons of rings just rings everywhere i think they do some martial arts training in there too i don't know which art probably jujitsu because everybody's a jujitsu stud today um and johnny's got his own ring there and he's got his own office there for like a lot of years so basically you know the day in a life would be at that time going in i had some i had a little time under my belt like a year and a half uh, so i was more like i know it sounds like you're not a veteran but compared to kids Coming in that were brand new that he just was breaking In I had some experience because so I had a couple of matches by then Whatever and um, I would help me and a couple of the Other veteran guys would that were veterans In the school would help new guys Come in just lock up you know teach Them some basic stuff while Johnny was doing business in the office or whatever he Was taking care of and then eventually He'd get in the ring And uh, work out with them and we Do different sessions and Work on falling work on rolling Stuff like beginner stuff And then the younger guys would Sit back and watch while the guys who were more Seasoned at the time like me work Some matches out so guys that came In during that time that were a little newer Like that's kind of when Tommy Dreamer came in and that's when Bill DeMott came in uh, Worked on the the name Big Sweet Williams So you know that's During that era so there you go right. I hope that answers Your question you're a big enthusiast of Gleason's gym. All right. So <laughs> uh, PJ three. Uh yo dude, no wrestling question. I just want you know, I just want to know how you're doing. PJ three, that's very kind of you. I'm doing great. I hope you're doing well too. Thank you, my man. The chairman. Speaking of my man, the chairman. Yes. This wild called shenanigans is running up is ruining opportunities for guys like EC3, Cedric Alexandria, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable nakamura rusev uh but we've uh but we've seen the same top guys on both shows what do you think of this madness I love you taz great meeting you in vegas you're the man Long Winded jones yes great meeting you too in vegas chairman good dude got a chance to meet you and talk with you a little bit you just as chill as i thought you were uh thought you'd be i should say um yeah look i i bro i'm not like the wild card thing's a little confusing. That's no bullshit. Okay. The wild card thing is definitely a little confusing. Uh, sometimes I'm not sure right, who's on this brand, who's, cause I think we're all kind of getting a little confused. I, it almost feels like, well, if this is the case, then let's not even do a brand split, right? If this, we're going to do this where it's just random, where guys and girls could pop up, you know, it's so, it's, you, you can't fault the announcers. They're saying that this person's from SmackDown and we're watching Raw and they can't say it every two minutes. They say it once or twice. They got to move on. Um, as far as the the uh, the uh, what do you call it the twenty four seven thing? Um, uh, what are you saying? The wild card thing things ruining the the stuff for EC three or Buddy Murphy and these guys, Chad Gable? No, I mean EC three. Yeah, he's kind of in a stagnant spot now. I mean, he was on Raw in the elevator with the other guys with our Truth and all these, you know, with the Red Cup and all this. I, I do think we're on the cusp of seeing EC three eventually. Break out maybe they're going to do something With him soon I f- my gut tells Me that no one told me that Chad Gable I believe just did something on the two or five Thing and and, uh, and got rave reviews And he looks great physically and He's they're trying to get him involved more So you know um, Let's give it some time You know I mean I'm not a fan of the wild Card shenanigans either um, But let's give it time if you're seeing guys Still on TV that then that Is opportunity you know what I mean Chan? They're still at least getting on TV You know, maybe I'm being a babyface here But I'm just being honest, that's my opinion KC.Strange, hey Taz If someone wanted to use the Taz mission As their finisher and extra permission Would you give your blessing? Why or why not? Uh, Hashtag Taz Hall, hashtag FTW Um, I I would have no problem with it But a couple things would have to happen This, This sounds arrogant, I don't really give a shit But I'll be honest It'd have to be the right person that's that's got a, a physical style that can go on the mat and 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 wrestle and work and that's you know that that right there would be something that would jump out to me and the other thing is whatever company they're worth it would it would need to be acknowledged it would need to be called the TAS mission uh, and it would and i'd need to be shouted out and it, that's not an ego thing it's just it's I just think it's the right thing to do for anybody, not just me, anybody. If you're going to, you know, I mean, you know, we see people use uh, the sharpshooter and they call it the sharpshooter. I mean, well, I mean, you know, so you know it's Bret Hart. Well, I mean, for those NWA fans, the sharpshooter is also Scorpion Deathlock that Sting used. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I, there's no confusion on mine. People know the transmission, mission, and I would want it to be uh, that the company was going to give it acknowledgement. Um, You know, I had a wrestler without naming names privately messaged me about a year ago um, someone of excellent style and um Actually mentioned to me like hey, I was thinking of using one of your moves and was respectful and just I said, oh cool. I appreciate it. I'm a fan of your work. Thank you and then I said well Give me an example of how and the way the person explained how they would use the move it just was like a throwaway move and i wasn't a fan of that and i was a gentleman about it And i said listen this is my thing you could do it i'm not going to stop you how can i stop you but i'm letting you know my problem with that and just i'm being chill but i'm letting you know and and i told the person and the person understood what i why i was a little reluctant to it because it's just you don't take something that i was using that was a pretty powerful thing that had Got my shit over and then just use it As a throwaway move and the person Didn't say throwaway move but the way The person explained it how they Would use it in a match and where It was a throwaway move I'm like I do appreciate The respect that you contacted me I said but that doesn't work I apologize I just you know I can't sign off on that but you want to do it Do it so uh, good Question but thank you on that Uh, The underscore John underscore Gordon why did you change your wrestling attire in WWE? Singlet to work shirt and track suit bottoms. Wow. Yep. I wanted, uh, this is after I tore my bicep. This was not WWE's idea. This was mine. And some people shit on it and said, oh, work shirt, Jones, jumpsuit, you know, gimmick, uh, all the stuff. No, no. I, I, I just wanted a makeover. I knew WWE wasn't pushing me the right way. Um, the human suplex machine. The way he looked and carried himself and dressed in ECW, low black boots, orange hinted in here and there with a singlet, uh, black towel, here we go. Yeah, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't working there. They just weren't, uh, and no one told me to change it. No one, Vince, nobody, nobody said, you should, no one hinted that I should change my look. When I tore my bicep and I was out for a little while, I remember talking to one of the writers Then I talked to Vince And I said listen I'm thinking when I come back to change Kind of just have a new look And he said what are you thinking And I told him he said that sounds cool if you want to do that I think that's good yeah go for it that's good And that's when I was doing stuff like hitting Rikishi With the camera I was doing stuff for Kish And stuff like that and I think I did some stuff With Al Snow and, But yeah so that's why uh, that's the reason why I, I changed it uh, because it um, It looked blue collar That's what I was and it was comfortable to work in And I wanted to just change I just wanted to have a makeover on it um, If I had to redo it You know I probably wouldn't do exactly what I did there I you know I had a lot Of guys tell me dude what are you you're covering your legs You got great you know muscular big strong legs And you're hiding your legs and they ask Yeah no you're right but I was really at the Point where I was already wearing the shit so I Couldn't change it then you know So anyway, yeah, it just kind of, I don't want to say it was the beginning of the end, but that kind of just petered out, and I just, you know, then started segueing into the announcing, so, you know, I, I tried something, but I can't blame anyone, that was all on me, and I've said that in the past, too, so uh Jordan Dam F22 how do you feel about the back and forth going on between Matt Riddle and Goldberg well first off Matt Riddle's been on the Taz show I've had him on I love Matt Riddle I saw him at the NXT show in Brooklyn recently he's a great guy I love Matt Riddle I'm a fan of his work um I, the bro gimmick original bro jones I love him I love him I love everything about him, Riddle he's the man he's the man I don't I know. I saw you that during the uh, the super showdown there was something about a leg bar that Goldberg did a leg bar that didn't really work out well, and it just the leg bar just was loose and sloppy. And Matt Riddle kind of ripped them a little bit on that. And I know they've had some back and forth with Goldberg too. I don't see the benefit in it. I don't, are we ever going to get a Matt Riddle Goldberg match? Probably not. Um, but you know, these are two grown ass men. One's a veteran. One's in his prime. Um, it's none of my business to be honest with you. Um, I i have never even thought about it until i just read your question which um i don't know if i answered it how do i feel about it i'm indifferent about it there it is i don't care so (laughs) i'm just being honest brother uh that's the deal so um anyways what else we got here we got uh philip underscore king underscore slayer okay hey it's me Overstay your welcome jones second attempt jones as your producers buried my question my last question uh, What is your opinion on shoot interviews? Do you think wrestlers have responsibility when making comments about employers and other wrestlers? Um, other no, wrestlers also love the podcast keep up the good work and uh, Go make a water break t-shirt in 3x, please. Thanks The, the Any shirt that I have out there on Pro Wrestling Tees. They're available up to I think four or five X, so they're all there. Haven't done a Water Break Jones shirt yet, but there is the new shirt of the Tasmaniac, which I highly suggest. It's personal design by me. You go to Pro T-A-Z. The new Tasmaniac shirt is badass. This is, might be the only shirt out there that I put out there. I think I might be wrong on my own gimmick. That's not black and orange. It's not, but it's black and gold. Because I used to wear black and gold a little More than I did black and orange when I was a Tasmaniac I used to mix the colors up but The photo of me as a Tasmaniac I actually have the gold singlet with the black fur But yeah check that shirt out Man I was from the dojos of Tasmania That's real throwback Jones uh, As far as my thing of Shoot interviews I've Geez Philip, I've talked about this a whole Bunch over the years I think Shoot interviews are Really bad for a lot of reasons Um it just it just starts trouble That's number one it just starts trouble Amongst wrestlers and these people ask These questions and they're instigators And they're making money and they're Paying talent money and So you got it the talent's got to give them Something juicy you know um, I talked recently about what with, uh, with Hornswoggle that you know He a couple of years ago buried me on On, a, on a one of these things and they said You know good guy or dickhead and he, he Put me in the dickhead category I'm like what I said, I fucking, all the time I was in WWE with this guy With Hornswoggle, we always got along great I always, always loved him And then I saw him in Vegas at StarCast And I confronted him, I said, dude, what the fuck Why'd you say that about me? He's like, what are you talking about I, I, He started playing a little dumb I said, I'll play dumb, bro, I said, what the fuck you know, And then he said I was wrong, I know And then, you know, when am I going to yell at the guy about, You know, he apologized I'm like, I, I go, why'd you do it? He goes, I don't know, I don't know Well, he, he didn't say this, but he did it probably Because he was getting paid So he wanted to give something that was juicy So that's what that's what these things do They create, you know, problems Now, I don't, I've i been understanding People have been telling me they're kind of dying out I guess with all the uh, Different social platforms out there And other things on YouTube and it's like I think maybe hopefully fans are catching on And a lot of this is just you know some of it's just hogwash really it is so I, I'm not a fan of it I don't uh, uh, I don't I don't I don't think you should go and especially if you work somewhere and you're gonna bury the company it comes off really hypocritical and I retracted some of my statements in the past as you guys know about Moxley Jones about the Mox uh, you know Dean Ambrose when he was on with Chris Jericho. And because then I ended up listening to it and I realized all right, well he didn't completely Bury Vince and the WWE He was he was he had gratitude Towards them too because he made a lot of money there And had a lot of success there you know So but anyway um, Yeah just take a lot of these shoot interviews With a train of salt dude I talked I don't know if I said it publicly or not I know I was talking to someone I'll just say it now Like and this was I think old like 10 Years ago but someone just posted like it's Now and it was like Stevie Richards Basically saying, like an ECW, I act like an asshole to him, and me and Perry sat and act like jerks to him, and like bullied him, and all this shit. And he asked me for advice once. I basically told him to fuck off and like to watch a mat. He wanted me to watch a matches or some shit. Listen, none of that happened. Okay, I, I never told anybody any younger wrestler than me. Um, If that ever asked for help to fuck off That's a that's a lie and I Considered me and Stevie friends especially We came became better friends in WWE When we were there together and Stevie Says that in the shooting interview because people told me What happened with this thing and then I heard Some of the clips of it I'm like oh, come on dude Are you kidding me Stevie really like What are we doing here like I, Look when Stevie came in um, It was different then like it was Like we were all locker room we had you know, we were hard asses, a lot of us, and I was one of the hard asses and, and the guys who had were veterans and yeah, was it tough on Stevie and a lot of other guys? Yes, it was. But it wasn't mean spirited. We weren't I never ribbed him. I didn't do nothing like that. I didn't burn his wrestling boots or take his clothes and and, and you know, and throw gasoline on him or, or rib him like that. I didn't I didn't do none of that shit. I didn't put him against the wall like I was gonna beat him up. I didn't do none of that shit you know, being sarcastic with him, not being overly friendly. Yeah. Was I a little bit of an asshole to him? Yes. I was a little bit of an asshole to everybody back then. As I've talked about at nauseum, that I was a little I, I was a little immature. I I didn't handle a push right. I and I made some mistakes and I acted like an ass at times. I did. And that was 15 zillion years ago. Whatever. I know this much. Like I, that's bullshit. I I anytime he or anybody else asks me for any advice, I always would help anybody. Um so that's not true. I, I I don't I got offended that Stevie said that. That was not true at all. Um that I could tell you. Um anyway, um all right, so Creaky uh, Yotas uh, just a quick questions about referees in terms of running uh, of the show. Do they attend any of the creative meetings or they approach or are they approached by the wrestlers? Thank you. Run the game are we over. Okay. Yes, um not all the officials, usually the head official, I'm trying to think how it was not TNA, it was usually Earl Hebner, uh was it Brian Hebner, I think both of them, I think were in the meetings, both Hebners, WWE, Mike Chioda, I think would be in the production meetings sometimes, not all the refs, not all of them, no, no, they usually, you know, find out from the agent what's going on, the producer of the match. And that's how it works They're not always in the meetings From my experience Might have changed now But I I don't know Um, Lenny XCA, hey Taz, just wondering what the ref checks. Ref questions. Ref checks for he or she goes up to the wrestler, checks the wrist, the boots. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks. That's fun. It's a good question right there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of old school. You know, I think this started many, many moons ago where they would check and to see if a guy had a weapon on him and stuff like that. Let's check the back of his knee pads. Make sure. It's just you know, it's it's gimmicky. I mean, I, I you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I never really even. Noticed it to think about it that much to be honest with you. But uh, you know, good stuff right there. Uh jeez, we're rolling here. Um, you know what? I might have to do um there's <sighs> a lot of good ones. And we're rocking, we're rolling. Let me hit you with a couple more. Let me you know what I I know what I gotta do though, so I can get my second win. Take a guess. Uh yes. Number two. Well, I'm not doing number two. My second water break, number two. Ah. See, if I had vodka in this thing, you wouldn't even know. But it's not vodka, it's water. I don't drink vodka during a week. I don't even drink much on a weekend. Anyways, so there you go. All right, so, uh, all right, got it. All right, where are we? What else we got? We got, um... All right, P underscore rice 81. Hey, Taz, regardless of the promotion you were with, what were some of the best cities to work in? You were uh, always well received here in Kansas City. Hashtag flatline Jones. Well said, my friend. Well said, right there. Well said. Um, Yeah, Kansas City was awesome. Okay, okay. We got it, Bry. We got it. Jobber. Anyway, Kansas City was awesome. Why is this? For sure Chicago was always good to Taz that I can tell you Chicago was always fun Working there Uh, Philadelphia Obviously was always great to work in Philly Uh, Man Ohio Every city I've been to in Ohio I always got Awesome reactions and From Cleveland to Dayton To you know Cincy like I I always love working in Ohio Ohio State of Ohio Ohio for sure Texas A little bit, maybe it's the New York thing Too much of a clash Boston, big heat Jones Okay, big hatred, but in a good way You know, New York City guy You know, so they hate the fucking guys They hate people like me in Boston, right So yeah, uh, obviously New York Was easy peasy for me Hometown, Jersey too That was easy Uh (laughs) Yeah I mean you know I mean Kansas City for sure I do remember KC man it was always awesome Sacramento I've had great reactions To Sacramento believe it or not house shows and stuff um, And Toronto And Canada they like the Taz Yes back in the day they did yeah Alright what's we got here uh, On mizarah 31 Do you think the fact that WWE Product is PG handcuffs The creative team to come up With compelling storylines Storytelling no I don't um and they, they've been going a little bit off the they've been going more pg-13 you know at some stuff lately but no nah, I, I think i i think you got to be creative enough if you're on a creative team and you're a writer you got to be creative enough to be just that creative and come up with something and work within your parameters look i mean i do daily radio every day with a co-host you know and we can't curse you know and we can't even be crass or say anything that's too sophomoric or too too much guy humor and or anything in fun in funny jocularity form that's too racy or you know sexy funny like sexual like as far as comedy um you just you know there's so many things we have to avoid i mean when you do national radio you are in this day and age you are handcuffed like you wouldn't fucking believe that's we were coming out here podcast i spot spitball and just fucking cursing like a banshee fucking e5l for those that remember just cursing like an animal you know what i mean just like a fucking longshoreman, like a truck driver like a like a fucking navy man you know so um i don't even know what i'm getting at i'm just fucking babbling over here yeah pg yeah so the thing is like i think you got to be creative enough so like we're doing radio you know and we're creative we try to have a good time and have fun without cursing without you know breaking those lines and losing our jobs you know so I do think you gotta be creative enough to do that You know, it's tough, it's a tough job Being on a creative team in writing is a tough gig Paul Merton's 1991, my question What's next for Lars Sullivan, who would you Feud him with? Hashtag Tassel Jones, hashtag fuck the Hashtags Oh yes Slick Jones right there <laughs> Um, So Big fan of the Lars Sullivan Okay what they're doing with Lars Sullivan right now, to me, is cool. It works. Uh, keep on keeping on, as the expression goes. Keep doing what you're doing with him. In my opinion, you don't have to change nothing. I mean, they, they just did the whole thing with the, the Lucha House Party guys, you know, doing the three-on-one. three on, um, three on one. It They're putting him with three guys that are very athletic, that can bump for him and hit him from different angles and do all that kind of stuff and and uh, I have I've had and had no problem with any of that stuff. It's a build for his character. Him getting interviewed in the ring by one of the female interviewers shows how big and massive and intimidating he is. I would like to see some of these young ladies that interview him have a little bit more fear when they're interviewing him, but that's me being a little old school. Um I think Lars Sullivan, you know, uh you know, like putting him at a lucha house party and elimination match. Uh, works. He's a lot. He can hit all his high spots, all his stuff. Show his power with guys that are not near as big as him. It gets him over. That's the key. Um, this is a guy that eventually will be the top guy because he can talk. He's intriguing. He looks different than everyone. He's a throwback. He's athletic as fuck. He's got the size, the speed. He's got the whole package. As as long as he can stay in his lane the right way outside of the camera off the camera I should say and doing the right thing and everything's good with him, um and he plays his cards right. The sky's the limit for this guy. Who would I? Um, who would I feud him? with? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Law Sullivan right now. I, I think you need to put him in showcase angles, not like a, a like not like a long angle and a one on one thing much I'm sure they're going to do now' a, a long thing with three people in lucha house party but I, I you need to just build him just keep on building him you know and he's so good as a heel and what he does athletically and the way he looks you know in front of certain cities and towns he'll be a baby face you know he will so uh, you know I, I whoever he's in an angle what next he needs to it needs to be a short angle and he wins the angle um i can't give you an answer on who i would feud him with um i don't want to be consultant jones out here too much so many people ask me questions and then i you know i'm not getting a consultant fee here from the company and it's like i'm just spitballing fucking creative so nice try to try and trick me you're probably a wwe writer you're working me i know what you're doing ah uh-huh. just figured that shit out bodacious underscore Yui underscore jones okay how would you book see there you go. How would you book first sentence? How would you book Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar cra- cashing in Money in the Bank. See, see what I'm saying? He's trying to get booking advice from me. This is the shit I'm talking about. So, all right, look with the cashing in the Money in the Bank when they had Steph do her promo, Paul do the promo, where he stole my line of "Well, here comes the pain," and um, they didn't give me credit. That was nice, and and then you go to Raw and. He says to paul no friday when he's beating down uh seth Rollins with the chair friday friday paul's like no now No, no, no friday that was all good. Now, the creative behind that was cool Okay, I, I would have had him cash in there only because I believe in if we say we're gonna do something we should do it Because that we keep the the audience happy And then it's like friday when well, he said friday because that was super showdown right so then friday Okay so they go to Super Showdown Now the tables turn What the chair turns He cashes it in meaning uh, He comes to cash in I should say uh, uh, On Seth Rollins uh, Brock Lesnar and they do A cutesy little smart thing where Paul Takes a cutesy little bump to Get in the ring and he drops the Money in the bank briefcase And it you know kind of goes towards the area Right over there by, by Rollins And I, I thought that was creative I thought it was good I, I, I liked it I did but I felt like, well, wait a minute, like, you know, if we're cashing in, let's cash it in. I mean, it wasn't cashed in. The announcers covered it. I know that. But so it's like, you know, it's like, that's the thing. you gotta I just I'm not a fan of that. I would if we said we're going to do it, we got to do it. I don't want to double talk here But I'm just that That's my only problem with it The way it was booked Like the logistics of it The physicality The creative was all really good You know, again That little bump Paul took Was really good That was cool It was clever it was smart It works I got it I understand um, I just, you know and the The beatdowns Have been violent and physical With the steel chairs With Brock on Seth And Seth on Brock You know, there's no doubt I mean, I, I'm not You know, how how would you Throw a flag on that you know what I mean like it's 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 it the physicality's there and and Paul's selling it Great on the outside as the manager or advocate Or you know whatever and And you know and that so Seth gets a big Victory over Baron Corbin and next thing you know Here comes the pain Right here comes you know here comes Lesnar and and they do their Business and it doesn't happen Where Brock doesn't cash It in you know what I mean Um and then WWE put out the question Well did he cash it in did not you know and it wasn't like So I don't know I mean I'm just saying like I, I, I think you, I, I Wouldn't have done that I, I would have had him Cash it in either on Raw But if we're not doing that Raw we definitely do it at Super Showdown you know and And fine if, if he Loses he loses and then the contracts Whatever I mean meaning Lesnar Um like if he goes to cash in, but he's not Successful with it, you know, but that's Not what they did, so anyway, so hopefully that answers Your question, but you got me, oh right, we got it Joel underscore Hastings, good moment sir I noticed back around the attitude Era and even before The ring ropes were very loose These days they seem to be tighter Can uh, you talk about Personal preference, I always like The way they looked when they're loose Love, 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 love your Content you put out, thank you Joel, I appreciate That, well, my friend loose ropes create a problem because that's how you get hurt okay so back in the day the ropes like wwe during the attitude era they were a little bit looser and and see wwe and I, i've talked about this a long time ago maybe some of these newer folks that are jumping onto the task show I'll, I'll just repeat it real quick so basically you could have cable ropes or you could have rope ropes I mean, what the ropes are made of so like with um with impact wrestling uses and ring of honor uses with aw uses those are what ecw use, what wcw use, the nwa use was cable ropes okay so basically it's a steel cable kind of rope thing with a uh, garden holes usually over it and then you tape over the garden hose so it's a garden hose that's split that makes it a little fatter and protects guys from not getting cut up with the cable hitting them but it's a cable rope so that they're, they're tighter And those are always 18 by 18 rings 18 feet by 18, usually, usually, usually Some could be smaller WWE, different animal They use a 20 by 20 ring Which are ropes, those ropes are ropes Um, They're tighter now, okay The benefit of tighter ropes Is anybody that is doing any kind of High flying or any kind of using the ropes for A springboard, you know, you need Tight ropes. It's that simple. Also, when the ropes are tighter and guys are running the ropes and they do a high spot and a guy shoots a guy into the ropes and he hits the ropes, if the ropes are loose, you know, you can fall through the top and second rope and get badly injured. So, because you could just squeeze through. The ropes will just, you know, pop open and you go flying through it. You get a guy 250 pounds, hits the ropes, you know, he's going to make some movement. When it's a cable rope or it's ropes that are just tighter, You know that's not going to happen Now WWE over the years They have changed They're they're still using rope ropes But you know it's a It's definitely tighter I know when I was working there The ropes were tight And I was in there throughout the 2000s In the ring there for WWE So And and I was not a fan Of the 20 by 20 ring And I was not a fan of the ropes Um, You can even see if you look closely uh, If you go like on like uh, a website or a photo google images or www.com you could see if you look at any photos of the ropes you could see the the ridges of the ropes under the tape you could tell but if you look at like i said whatever um i don't know you know impact wrestling or ring of honor it, you're not going to see that you know because it's different rope i wasn't a fan of the rope i wasn't a fan of the 20 by 20 ring and the ropes were also higher um, the WWE ring, uh, when I was there, was built for big men, for because they always had the big guys for years—guys that are six five, six four, three hundred fifty pounds. You know, it was the average size of the WWF superstar was massive back then. So now guys are a lot smaller. Guys are not as—you know—the drug testing and everything. It's just guys are just smaller, and so maybe they put the height of the—they're not—you know, you don't have—and you don't have to get a big push if you're not. You, If you're not you know sixth free you can still Get a big push that's what I'm trying to say So you know they have guys That are just not as big so Maybe they brought the height of the rope down a little bit Maybe I'm not sure but I do know that A tight rope Is very important not just for guys That do stuff up the top rope But just for safety and just when you Hit the rope Uh, when you hit the ropes On a running spot so so That's the deal. So, uh, the ring's very important. You know, I'm very passionate about the ring, and most wrestlers are because you understand that's where you make your living, and that's where you know you want to be safe. Because if you get hurt, you know, a lot of times you're not getting paid in certain companies, so or you're making less money, you know, whatever. So, you don't want to get hurt. You know, the key in this business is to go in there, uh, put on a great match, great show, and I stay healthy, you stay healthy. And we go to the next town and make money again. I mean, that's that's the business. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to hurt your opponent. And you don't want the ring to hurt you. So the ring's important. So, guys, look, I appreciate you guys downloading this episode. And if you're not subscribing, just click the subscribe button. Subscribe to the show. Spread the word of the show. Rate the show on the Apple Gimmick, iPhone, Gimmick, whatever it is on the iTunes. Put me over it like a son of a bitch. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm Taj, and Adios. Back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own thing.